Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest man of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with a fresh face. It's Bree Mraz, uh, a Canadian living in Chicago, and we're going to learn more about her in a minute. We're going to talk about the Apollo 18 track, which describes how you're feeling all the time. Go! Which describes how you're feeling all the time. Which describes how you're feeling all the feeling all the time There's this guy in the sky and he makes you want to want to make you sigh Like the time when you felt like you're feeling all the time And you sighed at the cracks in the ceiling all the time You said I'm feeling fine but it didn't really rhyme It didn't rhyme overseas Which describes how you're feeling all the time Which describes how you're feeling all the time When you lie that your life's unappealing all the time But your lie doesn't rhyme with the word Overseas, overseas, there's this guy Who describes how you're feeling all the time Hey, noob! (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Hey, Uh, it's very different recording Between recording it and hearing it I'm like, oh, we didn't have like a minute and a half break where we listened to the song. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, just right into it. Also, yeah, I sound better on the recording because I'm recording into my other computer. You're hearing me through just the laptop mic. Right. Uh, it's a different experience. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I love having new people on. I mean, obviously, I love having returning guests and people I've met in real life and people that keep coming back that I've never met, but I've talked to them so much, I feel like I know them. So it's nice to get to know new people. And um, we've only been talking for a really relatively short time. It looks like I sent you mm-hmm. first message on Facebook in just in January. Yeah. Whoa, January so. 1st? I hit you up on New Year's Day. I'm like, hey, <laughs> happy holidays. Yeah. I'm going to bug you about a podcast. What a way to so, bring it in. So tell, tell us... Uh, I mean, you told me a little bit off air, but tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, why you left Canada, because clearly that's the better place to be right now. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Hi. Well, uh, well I'm Bree. I'm 27. I'm uh, an applied linguistics major, wrapping up my final semester. Um Moved from Canada in like 1997, so I barely remember anything. I was four years old. You did old. tell me that. Um, yeah, but my my family moved because there were better opportunities out here. Um, so I've been living in the Chicagoland area ever since. 
Um, I don't know what else I'm supposed to say about me. Yeah. So applied <laughs> linguistics. Um, well, I think there's a lot of people that might not really know what that means. I mean, linguistics, don't you know, related to the study of language. Don't ask me how many languages I speak. Please. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time. There's too many to count. Well, yeah. I mean, people ask Cara that too. And she, I mean, she took Portuguese as, they call it a second language. I mean, really it's a third language. She's an mm-hmm. English speaker too, you know, Spanish, Portuguese. But, uh, yeah, so, like, you're studying, I mean, obviously, you're studying language. Um, yeah, it is the study of how language works. Applied yeah. linguistics is the most practical field, so you start small by learning about uh-huh. uh, uh, phonetics, so you learn to make every, almost every sound possible in human language, except for the ones that our professor couldn't pronounce, <laughs> so he couldn't <laughs> teach it to us. <laughs> All those, like, cl- like the clicks, they're called implosives. They're the sounds that go inward instead of outward. Those are very difficult. I, I can't do them. I could do them for, like, one week to pass the test that I immediately forgot. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's uh, stuff that, like, we don't use in our own language. There's nothing even close to that, right. so. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and then as we went through the course, we went on a wider scale. So you scale up to, like, phonemes and, like, bits of words and then yep. the actual words and then the studying like sentences and phrases. Um, so it's a lot of kind of left-brained, like you're given a data set, like yeah. with a translation, figure out how the language works, um, write about it. Like mm-hmm. there's kind of like linguistic versions of formulas almost to demonstrate how a language is structured. So it's really like yeah. fascinating and basically just like makes you better at pattern recognition. So mm. right now from my internship, I'm studying Dutch preemptively because I'm going to be having to speak some Dutch while I'm while I'm over there um, eating waffles by the by the time <laughs> in Belgium but, <laughs> but while, I'm, while I'm while I'm learning it I'm like in my mind I'm like oh, okay so like it's this kind of language like the pronouns work this way right right like, right but I mean is yeah, it I mean is it, it's not considered a, a romance language is it that's, I mean, it's a, no, it's a, it's a Germanic language. Germanic, it's very, okay. It's, I, I, I've yeah. studied German, too. It's very similar. I took German in high school in, like, one semester of college. I can't say I'm very good at it. I, I'm pretty good at singing in a lot of languages. And my wife always compliments me on that. I mean, my Spanish is not good. I'm She keeps trying <laughs> to teach me. But the problem is whenever we go to a Spanish-speaking country, she's right there. Just be like, I could, you know, stumble my way through this. Or you could just say it real quick and then we could be on our way. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know all the food. I can look at that menu and be like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm getting. I know all that. But, you know, I'm kind of learning it actually while she's teaching uh, my daughter. Because um, then I'll use, I'll you know, Bezos, Kisses, you know, we use, you know, like kind of use both languages. So mm-hmm. she'll be one of those kids where like she'll kind of slip. She'll probably be in school and like slip into Spanish without knowing it. And the other kids will be like, well, I don't know what you're saying anymore. So that'll be cool. So then if you, so then are you planning to go on to grad school then after? Um, I have no idea what my plan is right now. I okay. think I'm, I think I'm pretty done with school for the time being. It's kind of <laughs> taken a toll on my mental health. So I definitely need to step away for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know how my wife did um, it. I mean, she's a lifelong academic. I, I mean, don't know how anyone does it. Straight from, I mean, so I was two years ahead of her in school. So I started in college in fall of 99. She started fall of 2001 and then finished and got a job as a professor in 20, 
2014. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of college. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like working as a music teacher. And I was like, keep doing my thing. You know, she, you know, she gets a job as a professor. I'm already like 12 years into my career. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, and I've yeah. taken my time. I mean, I'm about to graduate with a bachelor's, but it's taken me six years because I've like had to stretch it out and, and pace myself. So I'm I'm very tired. <laughs> I want to be done. Oh um, God, I, yeah, and, I can't even imagine. But, but my major makes me. Um, it doesn't really <laughs> give me any useful skills, but I can contribute random no. useless facts. I can make myself sound a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> uh, no, don't say that. I, I, I'm sure. I mean, the the problem is most of the linguistics people that I know just went on and then became linguistics professors, but they do study. I'm, I mean, actually, yeah, one of our really good friends is a French professor, French linguist. and. That's um fun. I actually, she had a recording that got messed up or it recorded weird, and she actually sent it to me and paid me to fix, because it, it was like all these people she had recorded, and she's like, mm-hmm. I could barely understand, you know, I could, you know, I can understand what they're saying, but like, you're, you're listening for details, and she's like, this is all messed up, can you fix it? And I did the best I could, but it was, it was pretty screwed up, but so I got to kind of listen to a little example of what uh, linguists do. Um, yeah, and she was telling me all about the kind of data she was gathering and what she was listening for. I knew another Spanish linguistics person who's now a professor in San Diego. Uh, and she did like, I think it was her dissertation. I don't know. It was like on the the rolled R. I'm like, man, oh, you're going to spend that many years like just think, like, I just don't, I'm not, you know, that's not what I do. But it's just hard for me to comprehend spending so many years of your life on basically one letter, uh, or I guess, I guess two R's, you know, in, in some languages makes your tongue do that. I mean, it's, it is pretty interesting. But I'm like, you spent I get, six I years? Get into a lot of, uh, <laughs> I get into a lot of, well, I wouldn't say arguments. There used to be arguments. Uh, now there's conversations <laughs> about, about people's dialects. Uh, uh-huh. so like I had a long standing argument with my roommate about how to pronounce the word bull, B-U-L-L versus uh-huh. bull, B-O-W-L because to me they're homophones they're pronounced exactly the same but to her she was pronouncing different bull, bull I pronounce them differently so is that bad? <laughs> no, no it's it just means you're from it just means I, I've got a weird dialect. <laughs> doubles, well, doubles, well, doubles, and, and doubles. Plus I'm, plus I'm Canadian, and I'm still like, I've been in Canada since 97, but my family's Canadian, so there's still sure. words that I pronounce the Canadian way, and words yeah. that I pronounce the Midwestern Chicago way, so... Yeah, my, my Chicago, see, just the way you said Chicago, I could tell yeah, you, yep, yep. formative years in Chicago. I feel like I've, I'm losing it a little bit, but people will still point it out, but when we first moved, which was... 2005. I mean, it's, we've been in Indiana a long time. So I feel like I still have a little bit of Chicago accent, but now I say y'all for some fucking reason. Oh, see, um, I don't know. I don't know where I got it from. I'm <laughs> I went to Texas once for like a week and it was <laughs> eight years ago. <laughs> I never Howdy, y'all. Came back like, yeah. Yep, we, we need that, that second person plural. We don't have one. Y'all's the, you know. It is good. It's, it's English's fault. We've compensated for our language's lack. Yeah, it it is good for uh, not knowing pronouns. Just would be like, y'all just like talk, you know, instead of you guys or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people mm. still say that. A lot of women say that. I mean, some people you know, it's just easier. don't like it it's anymore. Easier to say. Yeah, one syllable. 
But y'all, 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 yeah, y'all. Yeah, let's jump into your fandom then. You're 27. So being that we are, uh, I'm 11 years older, I've, I've had, I feel like you're in that middle ground where, well, I've had a lot of fans my age, because there were people I knew that were first on, and then I've started having a lot of younger you're, people on. How old are you again? I'm 38. Okay. Yes. And I'll... I'll ask you kindly not to mention it again. No, uh, I don't care. I don't care. No, I don't care. I, I don't care. People think I'm younger because I act like an idiot and dress <laughs> like I did in college. <laughs> so just rock band t-shirts and jeans. So how did you get into They Might Be Giants? Um, tell us the tale. Well, Because um, this my... is why I contacted you, actually. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's my sister brought home a burned copy, a burned CD of Flood when I was like 12 in middle school. And so she was just playing this album. And I guess like, I don't remember where she got it from. I think one of her like English teachers was like, you should listen to They Might Be Giants. Uh, so, you know, I got handed down. Teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. They, um, yeah, so she brought it home, and she was like, she explained Birdhouse in her soul to me, and my little, like, 12-year-old mind was blown, because it's about a nightlight, and that's so what? cool. What? Um, yeah, so I listened to that for, like, the longest time, um, and then she picked up Factory Showroom at some point, and then I got Apollo 18 from my brother, so I was doing work for him at his house, and he was like, you can listen to whatever music you want, Now you can rip whatever you want from my iTunes. Yeah. So I stole Apollo 18. Um, so those are like my three albums that I listened to by this band for like a decade, over a decade. Um, that was all I knew. And like some random other singles, yeah. like Anna Aang, and like the ones it's, that everyone yeah. knows. It's um, funny how that works sometimes, how you'll just, I mean, three albums for them is a mm -hmm. lot of songs. So you had a good amount to play through, and if you really like them, people like listening to the same thing over and over. I mean, mm -hmm. I search out new music every day um, and take, you know, tips from people and read stuff I read, stuff, oh, yeah. you know, word about. I'm the same way. I'm, like, always looking. Yeah. But still, like, usually you're like, I want a, something I can sing along with. Yeah. Just play the same the same stuff. Yeah, and I, and I found myself, I kept coming back to those albums. So I'm like, oh, I like the MIP Chimes. They're one of my favorite bands. And then, like, a year ago... I was like, somebody was asking me, because I was talking about David Giants on uh, on my blog, and someone was like, hey, I want to listen to this band. Where should I start? And then I realized, I'm like, I don't know anything about this band. I know three albums, and so I can recommend those three, and then I don't know like where to go from there at all. So I'm like, huh, yeah, I should probably listen to the rest of their discography. So I did. <laughs> so and you did, and it took you seven... Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm trying uh, to remember. It's so hard to find stuff on Miscellaneous T. I mean, you can search for people's names. But yeah, the first message, message that I sent you, I uh, saw your post in Miscellaneous T about your journey into super fandom, and I thought it was great. Would you like to come on? This might be a podcast. And uh, yeah, you're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would well, that entail? Is, like, <laughs> is this the first well, time you've ever been on a podcast, period? This is the first time. Yeah. Welcome to the well, wonderful world of I podcasting. One of the things I've also got uh, that like ADD hyperfixation going on. So as soon as I started listening to like one album, I'm like, I need to know everything about this album. Oh, so I yeah. like 
So I started going on the wiki, and then it just, I just went down the rabbit hole so fast. And then um, I actually stumbled across uh, Jordan and Dave's podcast, like, yep. right around that time. I think it was, like, February, I think, last year. And I was like, oh, cool, we're talking about the Think album. So, I, yeah, I got – I think I spent more money on They Might Be Giants-related things than any other, like, leisure thing yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I just saw my first show last uh, Friday in Chicago. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that was your first one. That is so exciting. Friday, Saturday, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. that was at the, at the Vic. It was really, really exciting. And I got Flanger's guitar pick that he dropped on stage. And I'm very Ooh, happy about it. So were, were you right up there? Or like after the I was, show, you like right scared up? up? There. Nice. I was right up there. Like the first like three seconds, I was as soon as he appeared on stage, I was like eye level with his shins, and I'm like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> he gets right up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. At some point during the show, I looked down and I'm like, there's a guitar pick in front of me, and Yikes. I like, I had half a mind to like, I started giving it back because that's my instinct. I'm like, oh, he dropped this, and then yeah. I, I was like, oh, he looks very busy, so I guess it's mine now. <laughs> He's got a bajillion of them. Was it a? Uh... I mean, they don't have like, I know some bands like make for merchandise picks that have like their logo on them, but mm -hmm. chances are the guys aren't playing it. What what kind of pick is it? And what it's, what thickness? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's the one that's got oh, his on. name on it. It's, what, what does it have on it? It's, I'll, I'll show you. It's come one, on, let me see. Because uh, if, if it's an orange Dunlop, I'm going to squeal with glee. I don't think, it's just the brown one. It's the, A brown? A brown one. So it's playing the logo. Oh, so he does. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he does have his own. They probably ordered him by like the thousand, and he just has them. Yeah, in I the mean, back. I'm that's sure pretty cool. How, how much he jumps around on stage, I'm sure they go uh, flying constantly. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, I guess if you can get it to the exact thickness that you want, because typically, I mean, do, do you play guitar? Do you play any instruments? No, I have a baritone ukulele. I've never used a pick for it. Right. Yeah, ukulele. You typically Still wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't quite sound right on the nylon strings, but um. Well, but the baritone yeah, is two steel ones, so. Oh, baritone. Okay. I should, I should be using a pick. I just prefer well, to cut my cuticles and suffer for my art instead. I mean, people play. People play. You know, steel string acoustics with their fingers too. I mean, I do. Though when I go to Spain, if it happens, I wanted to buy a guitar from one of the <laughs> tiny guitarrias. Is what they call a guitar shop from like a guy, the guy that makes it. I want to buy a guitar from the guy that made it. Anyway, I want a, a classical style. I took classical guitar, but I've always just owned, you know, rock acoustics with steel strings, folk acoustics. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, guitar picks, you know, you'll go, I mean, Dunlop is the brand I buy in every... Every thickness is a different color, so that's kind of know you know which one you want. Oh, you're not, okay. You're not looking at like point something millimeters. You know, you're like orange. Get out your microscope. Orange, yeah. Uh, it's funny actually. In, in my band Doppelpopolis, all three of us use orange Dunlops, even our bass player. So uh, if we lose a pick or we don't have a pick, just like here, mine's the exact same one, and you're so comfortable with the thickness of the strummy strum. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, okay, so then your journey into super, super fandom. See, I don't know if I would call um, it super fandom. I just call it, a, a, I just, I took a dive. Well, <laughs> you went from, well, I mean, like you said, you went from three albums to listening to everything obsessively and reading about all of that. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that brings us to current day, right? And um, seeing them for the first time, that's big, and that'll even 
make you appreciate the albums more. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what everyone says with them. Like, you know, they'll change oh, yeah. songs and stuff, but it's cool yeah, to hear the different versions. Freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because Kurt is touring with them again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kurt Ram, man, that dude on trumpet. When we saw them on the I Like Fun tour, both me and Kara oh, are gosh, um, the lungs brass. On yeah, we're we're both brass players. Cara's a French horn player and can play trumpet. I can I can play trumpet too, but she's good. She's got thin lips that are good for those tiny mouthpieces. I play trombone. Mm-hmm. We met in the music building at our college. Go figure. And um, and we would just look at each other in disbelief. We would just like laugh. We just look and just laugh at him hitting the high note on Doctor Worm or When Will You Die. We're like, how? How? She, how? <laughs> she, I mean, on our cover of Doctor Worm. I asked all my trumpet player friends, even my friend who minored in trumpet performance, um, and he's like, "Man, in peak condition, maybe I'd hit it like one out of five tries." And I'm like, "Really? I mean, like, it's that high? Like, I knew it was high, but I'm like, it's that high." And I asked some kid who's like, right, you know, like, like playing every day as a senior in high school, all this, and like a whiz. Nope. So I got my friend who plays piccolo to hit the note. I'm piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just Did like a normal. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Like, you know, no. Well, she's not. Well, she's only played it with us live once. Shut up. She's uh, <laughs> yeah. She's not in the band though. When we played with her band, she she busted came up on stage with us. But yeah, just for that album. Um, very talented lady, Brittany Reeves. She also plays electric bass on our God Only Knows cover. She likes the really high instruments and the really low instruments. Uh, a bass really and flute and piccolo. Fun. Yeah, I'm a fan <laughs> of contrabass. Anything because it's just ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, that's overlord. We got a Barry sax player. It's you know, it's, growing up on the Maybe Giants too. Just all the Barry and bass saxophone is just insane. Okay, so you mentioned Apollo 18 being one of um, the three that you were first yeah. being acquainted with. Yeah. And so you picked, uh, which describes how you're feeling. Off of Apollo 18, obviously, pretty much in the middle of the track listing. So I know, you know, I'd ask why you picked it, but there's also those first four albums are very slim pickings at this point. But mm-hmm. how did you land on uh, this song for your episode? Oh, uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at, at the spreadsheet right now. The only thing that's left currently is Hall of Heads. And if I wasn't shy, and oh, and spacesuit, I gotta uh, find someone who likes theremin to do spacesuit. Space so yeah, so so why'd you pick it? Um, oh man, so okay, <laughs> several reasons. Uh, I took notes. I have to, like I said, I've got ADD, so I need to make sure I don't go totally off the rails. So I feel like Apollo 18 in general as an album is like a peek into my brain because of the ADD, because it's just, like, all over the place. Yeah, it, um, it is. <laughs> uh, I also have OCD, which I don't talk about very much. Um, and this song, which describes how you're feeling, I really... This is going to sound really dumb. Okay, so there's, like, a specific level reason, which is just I'm biased and I love John Linnell and I love his wordplay, and I'm, like, a huge fan of just, like, the stuff... The, the fun that he has with words is just yeah. great. It brings me a lot of joy. Uh, and then reason number two, uh, which is probably kind of cheesy, is that uh, I connected to this very silly song a lot when I was going through a bad 
uh, like the Pressive episode uh, in community college. Mm. Um, and it felt like a glimpse into uh, how I was feeling at the time, which was kind of, I mean, we can talk about this more when we get into interpreting the lyrics. I don't know where that is in the show, but... Oh, if, um, if the ly- Yeah, usually we talk about the lyrics after the music, yeah. but if the story leads into the lyrics, <laughs> just go with it. Sure. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, I say this knowing that, like, the, the interpretations for this song run the gamut from, like, it's about nothing to it's about God and the universe. So, like, it, it's one of those songs that feels like it could yeah. mean anything. Those are the best um, songs. But to, yeah, but to me at the time, like, um, I was in community college and I hadn't picked a major and I didn't know what I was doing. Very, like, very 20s feeling. Sure. <laughs> I'm oh, in yeah. my 20s as my life is over. You're um, alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again every day and not getting anywhere. Um, and that's very much like how the song is structured is very like he keeps saying the same things over and over again and yet you don't really get any closer to anything. Uh, yeah. and, and like he's talking about like it starts in the middle of a sentence and it ends the same way it starts, which describes her feeling all the time. He never describes how he's feeling all the time. And <laughs> he, it's just he's, and it feels like you're just constantly trying to get at something that you can't get at. Yeah, and it's, it's it's like inherently frustrating, and to me that was like a hundred percent like how I felt. Where it's like I'm just going around in circles, and yeah. like yeah. nothing, nothing is going anywhere. And so I, I would just put the song on in my car, and I memorized all the words, and I'm like, someone understands me. <laughs> this it's a hard um, one to memorize because it's so like kind of like. It's like it's oh, just like kind of sick, yeah, cyclical. It's just, just kind of spiral, it's spiraling yeah. shape. Yeah, and and the melody just like well, and everything about it just never stops, you know, mm-hmm. until it gets to the like the bridge, um, and then it just kicks back up again. You're like, Whoa! Mm-hmm. all the way to the end. Yeah, though what actually, you're describing, I, it makes me think. I want to link you after we're done to. Uh, Outdoor Valor, our first EP in 2011, early 2011, is basically like, Carr's the primary lyricist of the band, and I write the music for the most part. This was like her grad school, um, and this was early grad school, it would have been masters. Like, the, the songs, well, the, the EP is called Don't Panic, and it's not a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide, which we're like, oh, well, that's a phrase from that? Okay. It was about not panicking, about just, you know, anything and our first song we ever wrote is called stay young and it's about not wanting to grow up because grown-up responsibilities suck and <laughs> the chorus is um why do i uh have to decide why do i have to be so sure is the core the pre-chorus in the chorus and i don't want to be sure and then we have a song called spinning my wheels which was basically about how She's just going through the daily thing. She's, she's like, I don't, am I really going to want to do this with my whole life? I'm a couple years into it. Um, you know, just going to keep doing my assignments and, uh, and doing other stuff mm-hmm. on the weekends and then going to do more assignments. And so those, those two songs in particular made me think a lot about that was like Cara's mindset in like first, second year mm-hmm. of her master's. She's like, I don't know this. I think I want to do this. You know, I've committed, I've moved out of state. I'm doing, you know. But still, I mean, even get even that far, you know, you're you're about to get a you know a degree in it, 
you know, and you've worked a lot, but then you're still like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And that's, uh, Mm. yeah, it's, uh, you're not alone there, but yeah, this is a great song. I'm very impressed that you've memorized all the lyrics because I I know all the lyrics, but but, you know, you just get them out of order or something, you know, because you get all these rhymes. I mean, let's, do you want to just go ahead and talk about the lyrics? We can talk about the music after. Um, and we can talk about, let's talk about the demo after we do the lyrics because the main differences are musical. Um, Uh So yeah, so so you already started talking about it. Um, the basic gist of it, of course, spoke to you. Mm-hmm. Are there any particular lines that really jumped out at you, other than the uh, the titular line? Right. Um, I would say, geez. So, looking at the lines, I'm like, I see where people get all these crazy interpretations from. Like, there's this guy in the sky, and he makes you want to yeah. die. Like <laughs> the time when you felt like feeling all the time. Uh, and you sighed in the cracks at the ceiling all the time. I'm like, oh, it's me. I'm sighing at the cracks in the ceiling. I'm uh, doing nothing with yeah. my life. Her, but her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you said I'm feeling fine, but it didn't really rhyme with the word overseas. And like, there's another thing. Like at the time, I was actually contemplating. I'm like, I'm like, do I, uh, like, do I want to do like overseas work or do I want to yeah. like stay here? Like, I was trying to figure out. A career. Wow. So, again, that's, that's just me projecting all my issues onto a song. It doesn't mean any of that. But. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're getting meaning from a word that always kind of jumped out to me as a, a surprising I, turn I in the lyrics. I love it so much because it doesn't it doesn't rhyme. He like throws a word <laughs> in and it doesn't rhyme and while saying it doesn't rhyme. It's so, I love that so much. I know. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so totally intentional. Because it rhymes, you know, time, I mean, he says time a lot. Time, Time, uh, yeah, sigh, time, uh, I mean, he says time at the end of, like, mm-hmm. every rhyme, sigh mm-hmm. at the cracks, I'm feeling fine, rhyme, rhyme, overseas, time. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And, it, and, and that also feels very much like a thought process, where it's like you're, you're circling around a topic without really, like, being able to address it, so it's like, there's obviously yeah. something on your mind, but yeah. you're, like, you're thinking around it, you haven't... I haven't quite gotten there yet. And yeah, because like he gets to the overseas later. So yeah, yeah, right, so right, like, okay. yeah, yeah. Overseas, there's this guy. <laughs> so then, who's that? Jesus? <laughs> nah, <laughs> who knows? Uh, it's I. At the time, I was like, maybe it's like a like a psychiatrist, like you know, uh-huh. like you know, some people do therapy over Skype or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, there's a whole new. Yeah, you know, you yeah. can find how you're feeling. He describes how you're feeling. Yeah, um, yeah. Overseas, there's this guy. I'm just trying. I'm I, just sticking with the person that said the guy in the sky is literally God. Uh, so maybe overseas is Moses because he parted the seas. <laughs> oh, how about that? Parted oh, my the red brain sea. Just exploded. Boom. <laughs> Tim and Eric gif. Um, nobody else has to ever interpret these lyrics ever again. We solved it. That's it. Yeah, that's what this podcast is for. We crack the case. I bang a gavel at the end. No further discussion. There's actually one line that I misheard for, like, up, up until last year, I thought this line said something else. Uh, it's the line in the second verse when he says, when you lie that your life's unappealing all the time. Uh-huh. I thought he was saying, when you lie, comma, let your life sound appealing all the time. Oh. And 
which which is very different. And again, like I was like, oh my gosh, like people are always asking me what I'm going to do with my life, and I just have to pretend that I'm okay, and not so and, okay. You know, oh, I but, can totally see that now. It goes so fast, so and, that mm-hmm. your life, your life apostrophes, your life's unappealing turned into your life sounds. Let, let, appeal- let, let your life, or, let your life, or let your lie sound appealing. Okay, so that appealing. S that S attached onto the un, yeah. of unappeal. Okay, plus he has yeah. that like accent where it's like you know yeah. your life on appeal. Yeah, Hit the readiness so of his him. voice. Oh yeah, the the when beautiful Linnell timbre. Yeah, <laughs> when I found out what the real lyric was, I was a little disappointed because I'm like, oh, it meant so much to me, and now I don't know what it means. But it's just one line. It's, it's still it doesn't take away from the overall. Labyrinth <laughs> that is the song. So, right, yeah, the, the labyrinth. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mentioned this previously, but like I, I have I have OCD, and one of the one of the things I think I think someone else in the interpretation staff. I tried not to look at them too much, but someone else did also bring up OCD, which I thought was just interesting because I also had that connection mm-hmm. where like your you, your brain will just get stuck on a topic. And this is true if you have like an anxiety disorder too, where it's like you'll just you'll get stuck on one thing and then you can't like get out of the loop. And so it's like you'll especially if it's something distressing or if it's like whatever the obsession is at that time. So like uh, for me, I had um, had I have though it's a lot more mild now. I have religious OCD, so like I would get stuck on something like oh I didn't like say that prayer the right way i gotta do it again or like i didn't like oh i I don't i sent this email off but i still don't know if i like typed everything right so i'll I'll reread everything like eight times before i catch myself and i'm like ah it's like stuck in this loop um so it's it's the 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 way that the song is constructed is very like relatable to me because that's absolutely how my brain works especially when i'm like not not doing so well when I'm stressed, yeah. it's, it's, it's that. It's just like circling, circling, circling. Yeah, no, those songs are great. I mean, the ones that you'd think like, oh, well, if it reminds you of something about yourself you don't like, uh, you might not want to keep hearing it. But I'm like that too. Like songs that, and songwriters that remind me of me, um, the crazy ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I got a partner in this, you know, I'm not alone in these feelings. And, you know, it's not like you're stewing in that feeling, but it's just kind of a a little comforting thing where it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's had this thought before on this great album, this great singer. I mean, I think, you know, Linnell is the introvert of the band, and I think he does have some anxiety. I mean, you know, it's not something a lot of people talk about, and I'm not going to assume that he has any thing like that but he's just like you know the quiet one and, yeah um and so you know while i'm maybe more of a flansburg type i'd love <laughs> linnell and i mean i've said it before if i had a gun to my head i mean i mean i listen to <laughs> state songs a million more times than i listen to either monopuff albums oh ouch but, uh, don't tell them <laughs> i mean come on yeah johnny you're is gonna write uh, abby abby is gonna she's she's in love with flansburg uh she's so she's just like always talking about flansburg uh he is dreamy but linnell that mustache linnell's got uh my number definitely melodically and yeah yeah 
I think I would say the same. And I, again, which the same thing. That's like, well, if you had to put a gun to my head, but it's it's not even that. I've always been biased. I'm a Lamo Lamo yeah person. But that's the thing. Like, State Songs was great, but like the it's an amazing album. But if he had just gone solo or something, I mean, I would still listen to it. But like the duality, the two Johns. Um, oh, it works you know, so well. They so perfectly complement each other. And I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. have trouble telling their voices apart. I don't think I, maybe I did in the very beginning, but I don't, you know, I've, it's funny. It's a, it's a game I play with Cara in the car. I'll put on a playlist and be like, which John is this? And she's really good at it now. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, I think yeah, she's got to figure I, it I out. Recently, recently introduced my friend Beth into, uh, to the Anthony Giants and uh, I've been trying to do that to her too of like having her go through the early albums and I'm like so which which John is singing now and she's like ah his panics <laughs> like I, <Yeah. laughs> I think she can always pick up Lansford but when Linnell is singing she confuses them a lot because you know he'll approach songs I mean they'll both do voices and stuff he seems mm-hmm. to approach different songs in different ways and like and the earlier albums, I feel like he his voice was even more kind of reedy, and that's yeah, maybe opened yeah. up a little bit. I mean, also just being a musician, a touring musician, you learn, you know, I mean, touring the world and singing every night, you might pick up different techniques and stuff. And I mean, there's a lot of singers who like write a bunch of songs that are too high for them, and then they sing them nightly on tour and then get vocal notes or something like that. So you, you almost go to like a, they would go to like a vocal coach, be like, if can I still hit these notes? Can you teach me how to actually put these notes in my range? All these men that uh-huh. like scream up in this like alto <laughs> register. It's like, it's like, dude, calm down. Uh, so like Linnell, I feel like he'll, he'll cater his voice to the song, but I also feel like it's kind of his voice. I mean, it's still definitely him, but it has kind of, you know, as I mean, also as you age, your voice will change a little bit. Right. So there's this, you know, so quizzing someone, if you put on like the demo to which describes how you're feeling and then you put on, you know, uh, by the time you get this off, I like yeah. fun, they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> one's one's the one guy, one's the other guy. Which is the guy with glasses? And like, nope, they're both the guy without glasses. <laughs> Well, now they're both the classes, right? Yeah, but on stage, I mean, you think that's a conscious decision that you'll some—I mean, you'll you'll sometimes see Linnell's glasses on stage, but typically, he's still like, oh, I'm the guy without glasses. Put the context in. <laughs> Flansburg's like, ha ha, you have to do context. I just put my glasses on. I'm the glasses guy. Is there anything else about the lyrics in particular? Um, I mean, we're going to discuss one more l- tiny lyrical thing, and I've sent you links in a part of some lyrics that are different in the demo. And I think you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Anything in these lyrics before we jump to talk about music? Not that we can't touch on lyrics again. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I have a personal connection, but I also hesitate yeah. to like d- define the lyrics because it is such a nebulous sort of. Yeah. There's, song. there's, there's it's, no way. It's, 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 nah. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, all, I think I think the thing I'm most I think the thing I'm most impressed by is that he starts and ends with the same words. He starts in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. Uh, he and the overseas thing. That's like my favorite. It's just uh, like yeah. little like lyrical trick. I don't know. Where it's right. Like he's, he's doing he's doing what he's singing. Um, I think one of my favorite I, parts I, is probably I, and and the part that kind of throws me a little bit too is. Um, 
from behind distant lines, even straighter than his spine, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, the distant lines, that to me always felt like, um, I don't know, saying behind distant lines, it makes it seem like kind of like behind enemy lines or something, like there's some threshold Ooh. you cross to like the bad guys or something. Like behind distant lines, they're like way over there, you know, mm-hmm. and you're over here and there's some, it's hard to get between for some reason to get to him. Um and the lines are straighter than his spine, which is fine. I mean, yeah. what, I mean what's going on? For some reason, <laughs> I, I always thought of like, uh, uh, like latitude and longitude. Okay. Like where you, like he's it, it's a stretch, but like he's overseas, and so he's you know distant lines and right. the lines right. of of the map are separating. Yeah. The two, yeah. even straighter than his spine, I would I wouldn't be able to answer that. Uh, I think Linnell is just obsessed with spines I, and skulls. Honestly, at the end of the day, I think this was just Linnell was like, I'm just going to dick around for a minute. And he did. <laughs> yeah. He fell uh, in love with spines. <laughs> yeah. And it was really just like, I need a couple more rhymes. Let's throw them off yeah. the set with some weirdness, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's so great. Like, because he, whoever, I mean, it is Linnell who wrote it. I'm sure. Is there any, do we have yeah. proof that it's Linnell who wrote it? Uh, I mean, or do we just know? For the most part, you can assume the lead vocalist writes it. There's a couple. I mean, probably could count them on one hand or two hands, the very most. The ones that a guy has passed off to the other one or something. Mm. Um, I mean, the 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 big one that's well known is uh, Puppet Head. Yeah. Yeah, Linnell wrote the verses, but gave them to Flans, and Flans Flans had the chorus. It's like, mm-hmm. help! I need verses. Linnell wrote them and then Flans sang them. And there's, there's a few other. Hey, this, a song like this reminds me of, uh, like, I used to read a lot of Shel Silverstein as a oh, kid. Yeah. And this kind of reminds me of that, like, just, like, having, yeah. having fun with poetry. And I get, like, I get people who want, who want, like, every song to mean something really meaningful. And I say this after I just shared this, like, deep, meaningful story. But also, like, I, I love when people just have fun with words. Um... So it's, yeah. it, it has many layers. Did you uh like, did like you jump people. in yeah, did you jump in the um Wait, we are you are on Twitter, right? Are you? Uh technically, but we haven't interacted there. Okay. So so then you weren't a part of the magnetic fields discussion. I brought mm-hmm. up a couple of other artists I was just like jamming on and uh be like, uh, who else likes them cuz it's hard to know overlap with they might be giants and other bands cuz I mean, there's a couple ones where you can assume that, oh, they might like Weird Al or whatever. <laughs> um, but like, you know, the magnetic fields is like, here's another guy who writes amazing rhymes. Um, are you familiar with the magnetic fields? I'm not. Well, when we get off, I will link you to my best of Spotify playlist mm-hmm. and you will be amazed by the lines uh, that, um, I mean, some of these lines, there's this one... <laughs> Just this one real quickly I was obsessing on called California Girls, which boldly is not a Beach Boys cover. And it's about, um, I mean, they're based in the Northeast. Uh, it's it's written by Stephen Merritt, but uh, uh, a woman sings it. I'm blanking on her name. He's, he's had a couple different women in the band throughout the years. But um, it's about hating California girls <laughs> and how she thinks they're looking down on her past their perfect nose, you know, and grinning at me past their perfect teeth. But there's these rhymes, like, at the end, it's, um, I have planned my grand attacks. I will stand behind their backs with my brand new battle axe, and they'll feel my wrath. 
Uh, they will hear me say as the pavement swirls, I hate California girls. There's some really good lines. There's this other one that's called Absolutely Cuckoo that is actually a lot like this one in the kind of circular. Again, mm-hmm. I've, I had trouble memorizing it because the it. Yeah, it's like I, I, it's just like never st- stops. Yeah. Cuckoo. Uh, what is it? Um, Don't fall in love with me yet, we only recently met. True, I'm in love with you, but you might decide I'm a nut. Give me a week or two to go absolutely cuckoo. Then when you see your error, (laughs) then you can flee in terror. Like everybody else does, I only tell you this When do they breathe? And then he basically just does it again. I'm going to go absolutely cuckoo singing that song. My word. It's oxygen in your brain. It's one of my favorite songs, but I can't memorize it as you can see. It's, it's, uh, it's like describes how you're feeling. I mean, that was pretty impressive. (laughs) Well, I've heard a lot and I know the tune and it, you know, if it's in front of me, no problem. But, uh, if it's not right in front of me and I'm trying to sing it, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, yeah, you you will like them if you if you appreciate a rhyme smith. Yeah, I like that. I'm always down for for music rec. So yeah, yeah, send in my way. A lot of good genre jumping as well, more from album okay. to album than song to song. So a lot of a lot of similarities there. Should we get to musical arrangement? Sure. Well, I'm going to drop in the demo first because that came seven years prior on their uh, 1985 demo tape which describes how you're feeling. Um, they sat on it for a while. It eventually also came out. I think they remastered it because uh, it sounds beefier and louder, but the same version appeared on uh, the early years, then the early years, uh, at the like the B-side section of the Lincoln disc. Which describes how you're feeling all the time. Which describes how you're feeling, all the feeling, all the time There's this guy in the sky, and it makes you want to, want to make you sigh Like the time when you felt like you're feeling all the time And you sighed at the cracks in the ceiling all the time You said, I'm feeling fine, but it didn't really rhyme, it didn't rhyme Overseas, which describes... What do you think about this version? I mean... Yeah, you know, it's way different. Uh, <laughs> it is very different. Um, I wouldn't say I prefer it to this one. Because the lyrics are the same. The lyrics are the same, except for the bridge. So musically is is what, what tips it for you. So, I mean, obviously, you heard the Apollo 18 version first, I'm assuming. Yeah, so I'm right. biased, obviously, because I heard the one first. There's, there's a lot of symbols. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> the drum machine is very aggressive. 
<laughs> it, it actually reminded me of like uh have you ever seen i've pulled it up in another tab maybe i should send it to you oh what's it called oh i guess i closed it it's called the like the amikiri neko march and it's just a bunch of like cute little cartoon cats marching across the screen but like yeah. then like the instruments add into the song as the cats walk across with the new instruments and there's one with a cymbal and he's just going yeah. ham and it's just this like fun obnoxious little march it, it's you know it's fun i'm glad they were having fun <laughs> i mean it's um, their first it's their first drum machine and you can hear as the mm-hmm. drum machine progresses from the pink album to lincoln but listen to our drum machine look at how many sounds it can make yeah well i mean it's just like it's more like this is what they were limited to uh-huh. and 19 mid 80s drum machines were not known for their subtlety you know a lot of it was like i mean if you think like th- these these drum tones sound a lot like I don't know how familiar you are, you are with Run DMC, but mm-hmm. I've I'm sure you've heard stuff like it's tricky and uh, King of Rock, but like boom, ka, boom, boom, ka, boom, boom, <laughs> like that early rap sound where it's just like uh-huh. every hit is exactly the same and like super loud and like just like it sounds like one of those beats. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's much more aggressive. It's also longer because it's got that little intro, while the Apollo mm-hmm. one just goes right into the lyrics mm-hmm. immediately. So this has that little drum fill and then a little instrumental stuff. So it's like, yeah, what is it like, twenty seconds longer? Maybe not that much, but yeah, I feel like uh, like I do like it. It's fun. It's I feel like there's a clash between what the music is conveying and what the words are conveying. And like mm. I like I because because the the Apollo 18 version is like he he jumps right into it, which like I don't know I feel like and it's faster is the other thing. So it like kind of adds to the like, well we're going around in circles. So yeah, the other one. Yeah, is, like the anxiousness of it. Yeah, although the, I, I guess you could say the demo one is anxious in the sense of the drums are, are you know, it's, it's very clattery. Very jittery. Yeah, there's a different kind of anxiety. It's 11 seconds longer, that little intro and the tempo. Well, and, and there's tempo changes in the new one, too, right? Whereas the, the first one was one consistent tempo. The new yeah. one, you see it kind I mean, of speeds to... up and slows down. Especially the, the line that, version like... you sent me, they definitely slowed yeah. down in places. So in the original, I mean, it might just go to like almost like quarter time. But like the subdivision what, might say, but the feel is just like... The, it's when he goes into the B melody where it's like feeling all the time. There's this guy in the sky and he makes it. And, and it's not as obvious in the uh-huh. recording, but in the when he does it live, live. they will drag that out. Yeah. Uh, and we'll play that in a little bit. So, but as far as the demo goes, the... Um, there's guitar throughout, and it's acoustic guitar. I do like the guitar. I mean, that's yeah. a cute touch. I like it. The acoustic guitar. Yeah, the uh, the guitar on the Apollo version is is electric, and it only comes in for those certain sections mm-hmm. um, and doesn't play throughout. And is that just the keyboard that's playing the whole thing? Uh, on in the, Apollo the demo? 
Oh, the Apollo 18 one. Yeah, it's just like, it's a synthesizer. It's got like an organ-y sound and then another kind of sound, like like a clavinet sound and like an organ sound. A bunch of different keyboards, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what all gear, you know, he doesn't talk about gear as much as Flayens will do like interviews with like gear guitar magazines and stuff. But Mm -hmm. Linnell, not so much. And as a guy who loves synthesizers, I would love to know about some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, did he actually have a clavinet? Probably not. I mean, it was the 80s. You could get keyboards that you could manipulate or just have preset sounds. I'm sure he had a sh- crap ton of keyboards, um, as well as a lot of accordions. Um, uh, I don't know if you can call it a counter melody exactly. In the Apollo 18 version, with like the keyboard, so like the higher notes are doing one thing, and then that bass note is doing another thing. Uh huh. And like that yeah. sort of, it has a. a Almost, I mean, I don't want to say classical, but almost a baroque feel to it, where it's like because because yeah. the tone helps. Have their own part. Yeah, the tone gives it that little mm-hmm. bit of a uh, Vivaldi kind of flair. <laughs> do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a harpsichord, but it's got that kind of like plucked. Also, little... what key is the song in? That's a question I was trying to figure out, and I like. D- <laughs> well, according to <laughs> like, because like, it's in a key, and like the does it modulate are there a billion key changes or is it just modulating according to the yeah i mean this is something i've come across a couple times according to the wiki it's an a but i mean so i got because that was the other they changed the key I mean, the E minor, it's got E's and E minors. E's would be in the key of A, but an E mm-hmm. minor would not. But, I mean, that's not, an un- that's not an uncommon trick to just, like, drop the third for, you know, a feel. Is that, the, is that the devil or the Apollo 18? Because I know there are two different the, keys. The Apollo, I'm, I'm looking at the Apollo 18 one oh. just because it's got a guitar tab. The demo does not have a guitar tab attached to it. Um, you know, B minor, actually. Yeah, B, is, no, is B minor is correct. Is the demo in D? Is that what that is? I think it's in D. It, in D instead of in A? Yeah. Okay, let me... Hold on. We're getting into it now. Okay. <laughs> or C sharp? That was close. I mean, that could be tape lag. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it goes D, G instead of, um, yeah, instead of A, D. Yeah, hold on, let me bring the album version in my ears now. Yep. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you caught that. I don't have perfect pitch. I have decent relative pitch, but having listened to the demo just like right before we talked to about it, it put my ear off of what the... Mm. Apollo 18 pitch was. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we changed the key. That's not noted. Usually the wiki will note that, like, unrelated thing. Mm. A big part of what made that change that feel to, from the demo to the album is, like, a, a huge key change. It's a pretty significant key change, that's, too. That's a, that's a fifth, isn't it? D-A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Uh, a fourth up. Uh, 
or a fifth down, <laughs> whichever you want. A fourth up or a fifth down. He, mm-hmm. I guess, he takes it down. We kind of like singing. Well, I don't know because they're singing two octaves in the demo. Someone's yeah, singing sure. high yeah, now. So someone's singing a lower. higher and a one that's higher and lower. And he's like, oh, I'm just gonna go in the middle. In the demo, I uh, couldn't figure it out. Is that because it sounded to me like plans on melody? But again, we it, have the problem of they sounded kind of similar. In well, the years. yeah, the um, wiki credits uh, it as Linnell lead and Flans as the backup. And Flans so, is doing the, the octave below. Yeah, I guess so. That's, that's unusual for him. <laughs> Usually, yeah. Flans has the really high part. <laughs> he likes. He's good at falsetto. Flans <laughs> has got a good falsetto. Linnell usually stays full voice, but he can get pretty high full voice. I mean, they're both tenors, really. Flange just has yeah. really oh, good man. falsetto. Oh, man, I found out recently that, that Linnell does that falsetto in Letterbox. I was like, what? Right, because we're not I, used I to that. I never would have guessed. Yeah, because yeah, Flansburg's uh, falsetto is pretty recognizable. It pops up a lot, but Linnell, not as much. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, the demo, way different, different tempo. Um, let's talk about that bridge. To the bridge <laughs> of the demo. So this is wild, because I... I'd heard the demo. I have, you know, the files for the whole demo tape and all that stuff. Thanks to Mr. Mike Buffington, archivist of, uh, yeah, Peter Gritch. I just recorded the Sense Round episode, which is just such a random, like, B-side and from the Mighty Morphin's Power Rangers movie and that will have aired before this. But um, that was a crossover with Giants Confirmed, the other, um, uh, the, the as, as they would freely admit, least uh, uh, productive podcast about they might be giants because they have all these other podcasts but so we did a crossover i was on their factory showroom episode they're on the sense round episode because that's a b-side for factory showroom but peter gritch is like i'm like hey are there any live versions they've only played it 20 times supposedly and peter gritch is like here's six live versions i'm like how do you have six out of the 20 how do you have six out of the 20 like what (laughs) those those three guys man if i ever need something i mean i basically have them on speed dial i'm like hey i'm recording this (laughs) I'm recording this. I know there's a demo. Can't find it. I know there's a dial sign. Please. And they're like, oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> is that on YouTube? Oh, I got it. So the demo, I mean, it It almost makes you understand why it took them seven years to put it on an album, because Linnell was probably like, eh, you know, I like the, the message, the melody. Something's off. And then eventually he figured it out. It's like, okay, drop the drums, you know, <laughs> get those keys, those arpeggios going. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't need the dig a dig a psh. There are songs that can use the dig a dig a psh. I don't think it was this one. <laughs> yeah, like, I hope that I get old before I die. Dig a dig a ding, dig a dig a dong. I will someday do a live drum cover of that and get oh, out like please. all the cow, cowbells and like trash can lids and, and stuff. Just like try to recreate that and do all the little screams. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see you go ham on that. We, like, keep me posted. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 been one I've been thinking about a lot. But it, it, I mean, it would be a hard cover to do. I mean, once it gets picks up into the song, it's a nice little, you know, bar pub drinking style song. <laughs> that's uh, the opposite of the Who's message. The Who, probably one of my first, my first obsessions. You know, Ooh. my generation. I hope I die before I get old. It was their response to that. The bridge in the demo <laughs> is backwards in the Apollo. It's he just not sings even it. The fake backwards singing that they usually do. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> kind of fading in. I mean, it's a 
Yeah, it's a little bit of that in that it's almost like when you flip a cymbal sound wave backwards. You've probably heard it before. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, instead of a it's mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and like if you've heard Stalub and stuff, like you hear Marty Simmons, like, sounds I love like a tape, it. tape recording or something. Yeah. So, like, he's kind of doing that effect, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, crescendoing into the end of each word, which I she, love. She can, yeah. Yeah. I do like that. It's like they, they wanted it to sound backwards, but it's like they didn't want to commit. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's just like I'm gonna do crazy crescendos, but it does feel almost like it's supposed to sound like it's backwards. But well, it's not. they they did that in Dinnerbell too, didn't they? Where it's like yeah. we sound like we're backwards, but we're not right. really. Right. Or, yeah. or were they actually backwards? Or did was it? Oh uh, no, I think I, it is actually backwards. The uh, one, um, the one, the God. Why do I always forget the name of the one on the pink helmet with the oh, um, uh, the, the, the astrology family. report? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that's not actually like, backwards. Nip-nosh, nip-nosh, nip-nosh. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, there's one where the um, where Flans is reading the Daily Home Astrology Report. Report. <laughs> and the reason that sounds like that, at least from what I've read, I'm sure John Ellis will correct me if I'm wrong, was that uh, intentionally he wanted to record it while not being able to hear himself. So like oh. he's hearing the music. Or did they even play some other music? Like, he just, like, was singing it almost as if, like, yeah, he was just, like, plugging his ears, couldn't hear the song. It's just like, I'm going to talk, and it's going to be awkward because I got something else blasting in my ears. <laughs> and that's how they got that effect, which is a creative and awesome, We just such a weird art thing, artsy thing to do. These guys, I don't know how they come up with this stuff, but I love experimenting in the it's studio, but I've never done chaos. that that they are just leaks just them when they were when when they were that young just like you know before they were both either of them were married you know i'm sure like back early you know they just like spent a lot of time together i feel like just like amusing themselves like most Mm -hmm. young men do but instead of getting into trouble uh they're just just weird stuff like this (laughs) weird yeah toddler highway let's do it um (laughs) (laughs) yeah which was them fucking around so much that they um, they ended up keeping the demo. That is the demo. They tried to re-record it when they recorded the album, and they couldn't get it any better. So that was one where like they were screwing around. They wrote this weird little song, and it was just like a captured you know lightning in a bottle, and then tried to recreate it. And like now, nah, just put the demo on there. So these guys gotta love them. Good for them, honestly. Gotta love them. <laughs> Let's play. This bridge describes how you're feeling all the time. Which describes how you're feeling all the time. He sings, it's, well, it's what you're hearing is backwards. And then on the wiki, of course, someone flipped it. The user Antgeth or something, uh, submitted the file originally. And when you flip it, flip the backwards to forwards, he's singing it backwards. And when you flip it to forwards, it's like the still lube kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He learned how to sing it backwards. When you flip it, you can hear him saying, um, he says, um, they might be giants wanted to include a verse about the suffering people in the world, but we couldn't figure out where to put it into the song. <laughs> 
So here's what that sounds like. <laughs> You're flipping the backwards to the forwards. Make the backwards backwards, which is forwards. Yeah. So, what do you think of that? I mean, are, are, do you do you like it? Or are you glad they got rid of it? That's relatable. Like, honestly, it's it's just it's such a them thing to do. Yeah. I, I love it. So why did they drop it? Um. Well, they couldn't figure out where to put it in the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if they actually did put a verse into the song about that? There was a third verse. So, like, people, you'd go back, you hear the demo, and you're like, it's backwards for we wanted to include a verse about suffering people. And then seven years later, look, he finally found out where to put it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, um, have you ever heard of the band Five Iron Frenzy? Mm. I was just playing them for someone today. Oh, good. And. Yeah, and I've yeah, never been into them. yeah, and I've never been into a lot of uh, the Christian bands. I mean, I listened to MXPX and um, mm-hmm. and she the the art the new art teacher at her school. She's uh, her favorite band was Reliant K, and yeah. they've covered They Might Be Giants, and they're one of those bands that kind of you know they'll have some religious songs, but mostly it's kind of like tucked away yeah, in the yeah. in the songs. And Five Iron Frenzy, for the most part, there's um, aren't super outright. Yeah, I mean, you know, bands are afraid of turning people off with that, but. Um, their EP quantity is job one. Quantity is job one. Yes, I, I grew up on this band. <laughs> the, these are not my pants. Rock opera. Um, it's like, hey, we got this cheap keyboard. We're flipping through all the little demo <laughs> samples, and we're gonna make up songs about pants. But like the, those, like eight songs that actually the real songs before all that are some of my favorites so that's always mm-hmm. been my favorite of theirs you know eight but, uh, real songs but, and then the opera so what what what's uh what's your relation here up, with yeah, uh, the, five iron friends i brought them up is just i was reminded of a song on uh their album i believe it's the end is near or the end is here yeah. it's one of those words uh and it's the song so far so bad uh and there's like a line in there it's, but it's like oh we wanted this song to be super cool and when you played it backwards it would tell the song the kids to stay in school it's just the same sense of humor it's like oh we're gonna put a cool subliminal message in here and then it's just it's just silly um so yeah (laughs) yeah you know yeah i love them i remember it it sounds a little sarcastic almost too it's like oh we're gonna include a verse about the suffering people in the world like where are you really (laughs) you know i feel like it's funny because i've heard i don't know if you're familiar with no effects um Mm-mm. at all but they kind of make a uh, kind of a jab at a friendly jab at uh reggae musicians i mean there's a lot of talk about i mean obviously reggae traditional reggae is pretty religious in itself um mm-hmm. with i mean talk about jaw and all that um but like there's a lot of talk about you know, there's a lot of poverty in jamaica talking about like you know oppressed peoples and and, and poverty and stuff like that but the NoFX kind of poke fun at it, like, you know, are, are these artists singing about it? Are they really doing anything other than just singing about it? And they start out this reggae song, um, and the one guy goes, <laughs> um, for a long time, many people have suffered. Like, he just, like, said, that's all he says. And then he goes into the song, like, just like, <laughs> like, 
hey, I'm helping. Like I said, something long time. Many people have suffered. So this kind of <laughs> reminded me of that. Yeah, almost like sarcastically, like, hey, well, I was like this, a- you know, this song's a personal. It's about my personal anxieties, but I was also going to include this grand message about this. But you know, it didn't really fit. Tom Tom Lehrer had a song that was like poking fun at folk songs. Or, or oh, yeah. maybe it wasn't Tom Lehrer. I don't. I don't. Maybe I. Oh, it might have been another artist. I remember hearing a song. It's like oh, I'm gonna write this folk song instead of like doing anything like to, for actual activism. Just write a folk right. song about it. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I in a way, though, that. that is helping. If you're if you're a mouthpiece and you you have an audience, you can spread a message. No, of course, that is helping in a way. But yeah, I mean, there are artists that go above and beyond, and you know, are throwing benefit concerts and stuff yeah. like that, and doing yeah. other such philanthropy things. Mm-hmm. I love backwards stuff. I just love it. Mm-hmm. Love backwards. I've, I'm determined that on this new outdoor velour album I'm writing, there's going to be a backwards guitar solo at some point. I don't know where it's just it's going it. to happen. Oh yeah, it's going to happen. This anything that has a big sustain, just putting it backwards is just key. It's just so delicious. Uh, have, you, have, we, you seen, have you seen Fan of a Giant on the store yet? Uh, I hope they don't move the May Chicago show. So. Oh, okay. So I was going to ask about if, if you'd seen Still Lose Live. Oh, it's so they're good. They're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw the video and then I saw them live on on the sixth, and it was already they're getting a lot tighter. Oh, yeah, just it, like any. Hard song, yeah. Where you play it, awesome. Should we get to the covers? Sure. Yeah. I didn't listen to any of these. Before That's fine. Before so yeah, no, you can listen. I'll I'll listen a little bit too, just to refresh myself. So uh, the first one, and you're seeing my notes here. I said uh, this is a fairly straight up good one. So see if you agree with that. Flavored cardboard is the band, <laughs> which describes how you're feeling. Describes how you're feeling all the time. Which describes how you're feeling all the time. Uh, you're right. That is a that is a fairly straight up good one. They kind of uh, split the difference. They put drums back into it, and it starts with a smaller drum fill. Mm-hmm. And so there's a drum beat going, um, but then the keyboards are pretty much like the Apollo version. So it's like mm-hmm. Apollo. It's the Apollo version with some drums back in it, but not super aggressive. Uh, the bridge. Did you hear the bridge? Yeah, I couldn't tell if they, again, I couldn't tell if they were imitating the backwards voice or if they actually did it backwards and then played it. I think they actually did it backwards because you can tell what they're saying, but much less clearly than when Linnell does it, where you can Mm -hmm. distinctly hear he's pronouncing each word correctly. Um, Mm -hmm. But this one, like the the little bit of how it's off just a little is, I think they actually did go ahead and uh, learn how to sing it backwards and then flipped it. Oh, good for That's, 
yeah, extra effort. Going the extra mile for a cover. I like that. Flavored Cardboard. That's uh, We found that on YouTube, but that's also, I found them on SoundCloud as well. It's in a couple places. Um, like any smart band, you got to put it everywhere. So let's move to the next one, um, okay. which I labeled tune. Weird Chiptune Robo Voice. And oh, it's got boy. this little intro, too. So give that a listen. Content advisory. This program this program contains rapidly flashing colors. Please watch safely. Hello, my name is Dr. Snyder. Welcome to Grammy. Can you please describe your current emotional state? something else what do you think of that yeah i am reading the description yeah yeah uh, i gotta read some of this chip speech chip speech is a software similar to similar to vocaloid but it emulates vintage speech synthesizers going all the way back to 1930 and this yeah. cyborg bang is dr cider dr cider talk 84 and his voice bank is based on apple's macintosh system so that's fun uh, yeah yeah, you, you skipped the first line that, well, first it says in parentheses, dot, 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 I don't believe that man's ever been to medical school because <laughs> uh, the doctor in there. But also, Yeah, I see they went with the, the, psych- the, the psychology approach. They right. had those, like, Rorschach tests in the background. I love that. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, the, the visuals are so cool. Yeah, so people need to go look at, uh, if you search um uh reach retro retro retrox i don't know if, if you if you want to pronounce like it's french retro r-e-t-r-a-u-x but if you look up dr cider talk like apple cider dr cider talk 84 which describes how you're feeling uh on youtube it's visually and orally very interesting and i love how he goes <laughs> in this great detail describing what it is but the first the thing he says is sup your boy got chip speech and it's a good time <laughs> sup, your, boy. Your, boy, your boy got chip speech it's super cool because there's so many uh chiptune covers and i love i'm a sucker for this kind of stuff you know i've never I mean, seen like chiptune stuff i don't think i've ever heard of chip speech. me neither that's, that's definitely a new thing so this is a whole other level yeah, he says, I decided to do a cover of They Might Be Giants, which describes how you're feeling, since I've always interpreted it uh, as being a reference to Rogerian psychotherapy, uh, the one where the therapist side of the conversation is just, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's I, I, I'm, this is amazing. It's only got 66 <laughs> views. Everyone go check it out. Uh, 12 upvotes, no thumbs down, which for something that's this weird, there's always people just flipping through YouTube. Ah, thumbs down. Uh, so that's a rare feat, even with yeah. 66 views. Yeah, good for them. Go to ukulele cover. This one I found. Dr. Airlines is the band camp. Well, it's D- D- Deirdre. D-E-I-R-D-R-E dash airlines dot bandcamp.com. And there's like some uh, sub bands in there. And there's a tribute to Daniel Johnston, who I also was just talking about uh, to my Twitter followers. Um, another obsession of mine, a guy who also had a lot of mental, uh, very serious mental uh, disabilities. But they do a whole cover under a band called The Yelling Strange. The Yelling Strange is probably what would be easier to search for Bandcamp, um, though it's under this Bandcamp page. Uh, the Yelling Strange covers TMBG Volume 1. I don't think there's a Volume 2 yet, so that might be uh, in the works, maybe. Um, but which describes how you're feeling is on there, and it's uh, amongst other... I'm trying to remember which one. I've played definitely... I think I've played their version of We Want to Rock and maybe Mammal. I don't know. I've some of the posits across the page a couple of times. Sticks out to me that there's a lot of purple, which I dig. Give that one a listen. Which describes how you're feeling all the time. Which describes how you're feeling all the feeling all the time. There's this guy in the sky and he makes you want to, want to make you sigh. Like the time when you felt like you're feeling all the time. I like that the uh, they they had the person singing an octave lower like they do in the demo. Yes, yeah. So the band is Doctor Airlines, which is the female voice, and she's doing the ukulele. And then Adam Laura Lore Adam is doing the accordion and the lower vocal. And uh, yeah, and they do the the fake backwards the Apollo eighteen version of the bridge. Um, but yeah, pretty straightforward, stripped down version, enjoyable, not anything out of this world crazy type cover, but a very mm-hmm. confident and enjoyable cover. And for the other ones I've played, I know it's definitely worth giving a listen to this whole thing. It looks like this is more like a collection. It says volume one, 2015 to 2018. So it sounds like they just covered a lot of songs and then they grouped them all together in this little album. Yeah. It so like yeah. It's a good selection there. Out. The yelling strange, strange. <laughs> Maybe that's their first their first original song they wrote. They just yelled strange a lot. <laughs> or they are strange and they're yelling. You, you I know. think it's the second so, one. Yeah. So we got <laughs> I'm a linguist. I know these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which describes how you're feeling. MIDI by Revenant Unicorn on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Revenant dash unicorn. Uh, which describes how you're feeling. Check uh, that one out. Mm-hmm. 
especially love the bridge on this one. Because <laughs> yeah. the MIDI, it's a, it's just like a vocal patch, like a general like choir, which is just like ha. Ah. So like just uh-huh. it, the the vowel sounds don't change. Just it's just ha ah, ha. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so it's like the vocal swells, but it's not the word. It's just ah, which uh-huh. <laughs> I was quite enjoying. Uh, what'd you think of that MIDI cover? I noticed we were both bobbing along to it. <laughs> Pretty bouncy. Yeah, yeah. I, I like MIDI stuff, and especially this old school sounding MIDI. It just makes me think of, yeah, I remember back in the day, of, you know, where the internet was moving a lot slower and downloading a full good sounding MP3 took a while, but you'd hear in, these little. Uh, m- in, in middle school, I, was, I had a class that I don't remember the name of, but they taught us how to make a web page. And I, it was terrible, the one that I made. It was like, I'm just going to throw some stuff on there. And then, you know, I, I had like, I had a MIDI version of the Adams Family playing in the background yeah. for some reason. Uh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this kind of made me think of that. It's like, if I had access to this back in like 2003, I might have liked <laughs> to use that on my super cool rad webpage. Yeah. Totally a dead link now. <laughs> yeah. So I just realized that uh, even though that's that's all the covers, I forgot to drop in the live clip that we were alluding to. Ooh. Yeah. So you talked about how they really pull back the tempo on, I mean, I guess like the, I don't know, we'd call it the back half of each verse, like the second, I don't know. You know, so the, there's a lot of tempo changes. Of course, just like every video, there's a lot of nice banter beforehand. Oh, yeah. I'll probably, I'll probably leave some of that in. Uh, how's everybody doing? You know, we're like we're like 30 years deep into this, so there's no turning around now. But but, but the truth is, it's 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 going su- surprisingly well. So we're very grateful. Considering that on the joint team, yeah, it is going very well. Yeah. No, I mean, we really uh, there could be like eight people here, and we'd, we'd still you know be here. So we're very excited to be playing this our last show here, Mr. Sanders. We are, we are internally grateful, which is to say our guts would be nuts if it was going any other way. So, John, what's the next song? We, we got a song see? that um, is going very well on this yes. tour. I don't yes. want to overstate the case. Yeah, this is a real high point for everybody in the band, because yes. we, we remember how this one goes completely. <laughs> and there's some tricky uh, tempo changes, like almost every other bar, so it's like uh, it's a lot to think about. It's a musical challenge. We're up for that challenge. Yeah. We're to talk about it before we play the song. So uh, I don't know. I don't want to. We actually went on. We went on for like ten minutes last night about this song. I don't know because it started because the song. Is, the song itself is only like a minute ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to keep that. Up. Here we go. Which describes how you're feeling all the time.
straight up on the verses and then there's the big big guitar hits and and stuff on the uh those certain sections so uh were, were you digging that it's, yeah. it's 2018 at mr smell's theater yeah yeah i'd love to see that live uh myself so that, that was a lot of fun I, I like what they added to it the, the guitar is a lot yeah i'm guessing i must have seen them do it i saw them you know a month earlier on this tour so that i probably saw them play it live it's just you know it's all, it's all a blur you know like oh it was so awesome well, what else did they play besides flood i don't know but i'm sure mike buffington uploaded uh he doesn't even live in chicago maybe he flew there and uploaded a set list um yeah awesome cool so let's uh let's score this dang song the, the time has come and i challenge you to uh, uh score this song one to ten decimals. Which which if one am necessary. I am I scoring the demo uh, or am I scoring the, the album well, okay. version or all of it collectively? I, I mean, I guess kind of all of it collectively. The song as a whole, uh, however you want to see it, I guess we'd probably probably be saying the Apollo eighteen version if that's the definitive version they released as the album cut. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, that's you know I. I know your score is like, you know, in the range of TMBG songs. Comparing right, TMBG right. songs is like comparing apples to oranges sometimes. They're so different. Um, you know, people like a good score as a reviewer. You know, like people don't read reviews if it doesn't have a score attached to it. Just be like, do you like it or not? <laughs> I'm only going to read part of this anyway. Maybe people listen to this podcast just skip to the very end. What score are they going <laughs> to? Probably not. Um, uh, hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, man, you. Why don't you go first? <laughs> no, no, it's not how oh, this works. Darn. <laughs> well, what's a ten? What's a ten for you? What's definitely like this is a ten in their whole canon. Ten. Oh. Hey, you're you're killing me. Um, man, I'm here ten, for. I mean, ten would be like you know, Birdhouse, Doctor Worm, like the bangers, the ones yeah. that like I'm never sure. sad when I listen to this. That's a ten. Um. Any more obscure ones that are definitely a 10 for you? Or is there like a deep cut favorite you got? Uh, I wouldn't say obscure. I think like Bitter Bell and Turn Around are also like peak, peak favorites. That's like, yeah, Spiraling yeah. Shape. You, you, you got my number here with Apollo 18. <laughs> I'll name it always Apollo 18. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so where I does would, this fall I would, then? Say, I would say what's described as like a solid, like seven and a half, I think. Okay. I like Seven I really like half. it, but there's definitely like like I I would say I prefer it live, I guess out of all the versions. That that would mm-hmm. be the one that would get a higher score. The demo probably ranks a little lower just uh, on terms of listenability. I don't think I I'm glad the drum machine is only a minute long because <laughs> I couldn't yeah. listen to that long term. Uh yeah. It is such yeah. a nice brief tune. Like mm-hmm. all these covers I sent yeah. you, it's like, it, it does oh, it's just, what it okay, it's set over. out to do. Yeah. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go 7.9. Uh, I got to save those eights and nines, but this is like right up there. And yeah, it's nice and brief, but like in the Apollo 18 track list, it's just like, 
Brrr, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. stuff. Even even before you get to the fingertips stuff, I mean, it's just short, 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 short songs, all awesome. And so, not that this gets lost in the shuffle. I always appreciate it when it comes on. But there's so many hits on this album, as far as I'm concerned. They're yeah. all, you know, all good. See the constellation. Yeah, dinner bell. I mean, yeah, turn around. I mean, all of them. So, seven point nine. Uh, I love it. And in talking about it with you too, and like your personal connections to it, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a Linnell song and that kind of like introverts, anxious persons kind of, uh, theme song. And it's awesome. So 7.9. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Bree, thanks. Thanks for being on. And is there anything you want to plug? You want people to find you on social media? Is there anything you want to, uh, nope. (laughs) Um, (laughs) stay away from me which describes how i'm feeling leave me Uh, alone i have a blog but i don't like to plug it because i don't want everyone finding it so i kind of like okay you already have my blog you you know what it is if you don't do that (laughs) the people you want to read it are already they know how to get to it sure yeah Yeah, Um, sure Makes sense. Well, hey, I, I hope the the dumb virus doesn't cancel your trip, and I hope that all goes well. And by the time this airs, I guess I will have found out, but that sounds awesome. Uh, and everybody yeah. to Belgium, hopefully someday enjoy those waffles. And speaking in <laughs> Dutch and, I don't know, tulips, what else I got there? Well, it'll be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that it's going to happen for you, and... Uh, Congratulations on graduating because it'll probably oh, be like right you. after this airs. So yeah, uh, uh, pre, hap- yeah, yeah, in the future. Congratulations and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you'll you'll figure out what you want to do. It'll happen, you know. Do your thing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, I, I know how that goes. I'm, I'm lucky in that I did like. I'm like oh, I think I'm going to be a music ed major, and then I just happened to really like it, and it worked out. You know, Cara. You know, she she picked this track, wasn't sure for a long time, and then it, it ended up working out. So, you know, you'll figure it out. Awesome. Let's uh, let's do this again sometime. And it was good to, you know, meet you at least. You know, I always do the video thing. It's just, you know, we got the technology and it feels more mm-hmm. like you're, you know, more than just the voice. It uh, it connects people, you know. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the crew. Oh, thank you so much. I feel <laughs> honored. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a blast meeting new people. So, uh welcome into the fold and uh there is a lot of chatter on Twitter if you want to start uh you know, if you want to get on Twitter just to talk podcast stuff, that's usually where I announce stuff first, upcoming schedule, stuff like that. There's just more interaction. I don't know why. Uh it's tough on Facebook with their algorithms and all that. It keeps your fans from seeing your stuff. Yeah. And also I think miss I think miscellaneous tea because I post there like a couple times a week. Miss it like tea, hi- hides it. This tea Facebook always tells me when you post because we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah, so it's always like the same you know, 10 to 20 people that will like my post, whatever. So Facebook is not that great for spreading around to people you don't know. Well, Twitter is. Uh, so yeah, everybody f- uh, at this might be a pod on Twitter. We are on Facebook, Instagram, for some reason, um, all of the places. This might be a podcast.com. This might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. couple new covers went up over there. Uh, oh, we, me and Gurr covered. Oh, we live on air together singing across the Atlantic ocean. It actually worked out pretty well. 
and then also the live version if you haven't heard of they'll need a crane from i guess it'd be a month or more ago at this point but yeah those are up on that band camp and call me 224-801-2930 and go to the patreon if you wanna and I'm going to get you your shirt, your shirt. You will have your shirt before this airs. <laughs> Where is You'll it? have it in a week, I think. Yeah. I want to say a week to 10 I'm gonna days. I'm going to be out of the country by the time it gets here. <laughs> no. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it'll be my graduation gift. It works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for subscribing. And I, uh, I hope the shirt is worth the wait. So uh, I'll let you go and uh, talk to you later. Okay. Talk to you later. Thank you so much. In his mind he can find how you're feeling all the time From behind distant lines even straighter than a spine Which is fine, which is fine And describes how you're feeling all the time